Hello again, it's Tyson Sharp here. And if you're on the spiritual journey and following your heart's calling, but yet to break through in terms of business and finances, this is the episode for you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp. And if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income. But every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Hello again to you, my online family. I have Hallie Evelyn here. We just had an amazing chat. She's had such a a key life in helping people with business, spirituality, money, everything like that. Because I know so many people are following their heart's calling, following their guidance, doing what feels their highest excitement, but is yet to break through with some external results when it comes to business and it comes to finances. And what you'll hear from Hallie is not only her huge business experience, but how she's able to couple those those two disciplines and how she's able to go through her spiritual journey and in quite a dramatic awakening, but also how she's able to tie that into her business, not only so she can serve, but so she can start receiving. So she can start receiving in abundance when it comes to finances, when it comes to business, when it comes to opportunities. And so I knew this would be the perfect time the perfect uh, interview to have to pass on to all of you her wisdom her guidance and her story that's going to be very very inspiring but let me read you uh, her bio so Hallie Evelyn a trusted resource and collaborator for partners such as Time Magazine Good Morning America US USA Today the Huffington Post she's helped over 1500 clients break through lifelong traumas and powerfully co-create a masterpiece a masterpiece of their life. And as an author, a global spiritual tour leader, a business strategist, Hallie guides clients through a powerful journey of self-discovery. She provides the clarity, support, and strategy they need to confidently step towards their highest expression of themselves. That's amazing. She's going to share all about her story of her personal awakening and how she's able to truly just start to integrate what she learned into her business, into her life. So what you're going to learn is how to take action through fear, how to align with money to receive in abundance, and how to create a shift from struggle into flow. At the end, she's going to give three business tips that all spiritual entrepreneurs need. So I know you're going to love this. I'm going to listen back to it as well because there's so many takeaways and so many nuggets that a lot of people need, especially coming into 2021. So many things that are are such a big takeaway. So Without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Hallie Evelyn. Let's take it away. Hello, my online family. Welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. I have Hallie Evelyn here. And when did we get on a chat? It was last week or so. And like you just described, we got on like a house on fire, talking everything spirituality. She helped me with a couple of things. And we had... (laughs) An incredible chat. I didn't want to dive too much into her story because I was like, man, we just have to jump into it on the podcast. And I didn't want to get all the nuggets beforehand. But it, <laughs> the reason why I love inviting people like like you, Hallie, is because 
whenever someone is going on their spiritual journey and following their calling, we run into these challenges, not only internally, but externally. And I find with the, with the journey of following your calling and this, and the, the, the combination of our spiritual being with our business strategies that we're using, the, the harmony between those two is really where people start finding more peace. They start getting their gift out there in a way that's aligned. And I knew you'd be the perfect person to come on here, have a chat, talk to everyone, not only about your crazy story of your spiritual journey and where you're going, but also around money, around business, around people's own spiritual growth and how they can use that to, uh, to really get their gift out into the world. But first of all, welcome. How are you going? <laughs> Everything's great. And I'm so excited about getting to talk to you because yeah, it was a delicious conversation last time. So looking forward to more. It definitely was. So give the, uh, give the audience a good old understanding of how you got onto this path and, uh, and what it is you do now. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, I started off um, as an actress and following that period of my 20s, I started a software company and then I went into real estate when that industry collapsed. And somewhere in the middle of my, uh, my software company, so I was just like in my uh, like early 30s when this happened, I had a, a spiritual awakening. Uh, and I was, you know, just all about business, like 100 hour weeks were pretty normal. I was one of five women executives in the whole industry. And, um, and I love business. I mean, that was my first gig, but I love a, like all business things. So I thought that was my life. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, by the time the industry collapsed, it was like, oh, we really have to think about this. So somewhere in the middle of all of that, I was in Egypt on what I hoped was a vacation from my hundred hour weeks. And um, I had the good fortune uh, on a cruise ship on the Nile in the dining room. I, I really, I always like to say, I, I, this should have happened to me in the King's Chamber of the Great Pyramid, but it, it didn't, it happened to me on the cruise ship, but I was sailing the Nile. So, and um, I had this moment where I was walked through a meditation and on the back side of this meditation, the woman I was, I was at the dinner table with said to me, um, I'm telling you something, what am I telling you? And right in the middle of this meditation, I could hear her say, you will never die. But it was like I got it on all my cells at the same time. So I just like lost it. And I mean, I think it might've taken me 20 minutes to get the sentence out, you will never die. Because I was like, <laughs> you know, that like big cry that you do at the table in front of 20 strangers on the Nile, you know, that one. Anyway, it was a very interesting moment. And I was like beforehand, I was standing in a dark room and all the lights were off and I couldn't ever turn the lights on. And afterwards it was like, I was standing in this brightly lit room and I could never get the lights off again. And that was how much my life changed in that one breath. So um, yeah, so that's where I came from. And then um, I, uh, I was in real estate for most of 10 years. I was starting to get a little bit guided, but I was still having major, major, major money issues and had this like total belief system around um, you know, like, well, there's everything else. And then there's my money and my money sucks, but everything else is really good. And I know a lot of people have that. So, you know, that's why I'm mentioning it. 
And I was also starting to lead tours around the world to Egypt first. And then I was doing these Eat, Pray, Love tours to Bali. And there was all this like stuff going on with, with travel. And I was waking up more and more as I would take these trips with people to help them wake up and to lead them into you know, the kind of experience that I got to have with that big shift. And um, then I, I ended up on my 10th Eat, Pray, Love tour to Bali, I ended up meeting one of my guests, uh, a woman, falling head over heels, madly in love with her, leaving my life partner of almost 25 years behind because he was my business partner and we'd been in business together for almost that whole time as well. And so I left him, I moved 3000 miles across the country to live with her. Um, so we've been together now for like seven and a half years and I had to start a new business at the be like a year into our relationship because when he and I finally split up, I was like, no business, no, no, nothing. I've got it like just start over. And at that point I was taking the work that I was doing on the tours and starting to do that work on my trips. What it was like, what could I, what else, where else could I do that? Could I do that at home? And that's really what led to the coaching. Mm -hmm. And um, my coaching is like in, in partnership with spirit. So like a lot of like you and I have talked about how guided you are and how guided your work is. And so you, you and I have that same experience of like being able to know what the other person needs because it's like their soul is talking to us. Right. So. Great. I can imagine you starting to on the boat when you have this, awakening you're starting to hear these voices and you're like no 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 go away you, you come back when i'm in the king's chamber you know and i have this expectation of what my awakening is meant to be this isn't it <laughs> well i was so desperate at the time like imagine somebody you know i well, i was 10 and i went to my dad I, on my 10th birthday i was like hey i'm 10 i'm gonna grow up wait that means i'll be an adult which means i'll get old like the adult i see and which means I'll die. Wait, whoa, wait a second. So I went to my dad and I was like, daddy, where do you go when you die? My dad goes, oh, I, I don't want to lie to you the way that my mother lied to me because I know all about religion and it's crap. So you go into the ground and the worms eat you. <laughs> I was like, well, who tells that to a 10 year old, right? <laughs> wow. And, and so no doubt when you had this awakening and you had this voice talk to you and like you said, you could, you could, feel it in every cell of your body that you don't die explain what yeah. that explain what that felt like what was the what was the shift like and what did that mean for your sort of perspective of where you're at in your life at that time well it changed everything in one breath it was like oh fairies and unicorns exist mermaids too yay okay i thought so i mean it was that kind of a shift right so um, it was huge. And, and like I said, I was so desperate by the time it happened that I would have taken that shift anywhere. Like it could have been in the, you know, in, 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 in like the middle of raw sewage in Egypt. I wouldn't have cared, right? It would have been fine. But it was such a profound moment. And in the moment, physically, I can't, it's so hard to explain like what happened to me emotionally because I don't know whether it took me 10 seconds or an hour to gasp out, you know, I will never die because that's how I was in that moment. But I do know this. Afterwards, I went upstairs to tell my beloved, this man that I eventually left, um, what had just happened. 
And when I went up the steps, I slipped on the stairs. And I was like, what am I slipping in? And I looked down to see, to make sure there isn't more of it, right? And I have slipped in my sandals. And I looked down and in that moment, I realized my hands and my feet were pouring sweat. Like so much energy had moved through me that my feet and my hands were like, I had just taken them out of the bath and dripping wet. I was trying to walk up the stairs. And that was when I was like, oh, whatever just happened was really big. And it wasn't later that I found out that that's what happens a lot of the times when you move a lot of energy through. Mm. So that much I remember, like the physical response, but what was happening on, in my brain at that time, it was, I always say it's like spirits hit, hit me upside the head. And that's about all I can tell you about it. Awesome. What was your perspective? Did you have a perspective shift on your business, on money, on your career? What was the perspective there as soon as you started to have this awakening and, and sort of see, was it a shift straight away where you started to see things differently no. or was it, a, it was a progressive thing? Yeah, no, super, super progressive. It was at least 10 years before the money stuff started to shift. It wasn't really about that. It wasn't, I didn't have a money epiphany, right? It wasn't like the bag dropped on my head, right? I had an epiphany about having a soul. It was another 15 years before I realized that I could be grounded and intuitive at the same time. And I was working with somebody and she was like, you know, oh, well, you do this really advanced work because you're so intuitive. And I was like, I'm sorry, wait, back up. I'm intuitive. I uh, Don't be silly. I'm not. I'm, I'm completely grounded and therefore I'm not intuitive. And she was like, no, no, you, you're very intuitive. I've known you for a while. You're, and I'm going, well, how come I don't make things fly around the room when I work then, right? That's like, that's how it works when you've got like the juju, right? And she was like, no, that's what happens when you can't control it. She's like, you're actually already more advanced than that. And that's why it doesn't happen. And that's why you can ground all these healers that you work with. And I was like, all the puzzle pieces just went, ah, and I got the, that, you know, that that was possible. So that's a shift that I would say that was like one of the last big pieces that fell into place. And that was 15 years into it. So it was like the gift that kept on giving, right? There were all these different layers of the shift, but everybody has this, right? We build layer after layer after layer onto the previous ones. And that's how you become the person that you become, right? Mm, absolutely. And I know in 2020, so many people would have gone through shifts of losing their jobs, losing their relationships, having this, finding out there, they have this, attachment and safety to money right all these all these patterns just keep coming up that we are now ready to start seeing my so i'm keen to ask you about when you started to realize i'm going to leave my relationship you know and 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 start this new relationship with this woman and 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 move you know miles across the country what what was I'm keen to know what was, what's the meaning you're giving that now? What sort of, what does that mean in your life? If something breaks down and something gets torn apart and your expectations are like, Oh my God, I got no clue what's going to happen next. 
what's the what's the meaning that you have attached to that what does it mean in your life Mm, you have this beautiful way of putting these things. Yes, that's exactly a great question. What is the meaning I attach to it now? What I learned over that period of time was to be in trust. It was an absolute period where everything was tossed salad. I mean, I wasn't just with this man for nearly 25 years. I was in love with him the entire time. Like, this is my soulmate. I will never leave this person. We are going to be together the rest of our lives. But I was getting marginalized and sort of like put into a smaller and smaller box without even realizing it. And I, you know, my energy, my soul being, my calling to do the work that I do now was starting to get to be, you know, the drumbeat was starting to get to be louder and louder. So when I got to that moment where I was going to leave, spirit said, you have a choice. Like you can stay, but you'll stay small. That's your choice. People live a small life all the time and are deeply fulfilled and that's fine. And I was like, no, I want bigger. I want to be the big thing. And I want to affect as many people as possible. And this was way before I knew, like, I wanted to work with, you know, the sacred divine feminine. And I wanted to bring the goddess into our everyday lives, men and women. I wanted to bring this, you know, I, I believe that there's this sort of movement toward the matriarchy and towards certainly towards a balance with the patriarchy. And I didn't know any of that stuff at the time. I just knew that I was called to work with more people to be bigger and to do more. So it was a choice really to leave. And now it cost me a year of just having to be in such trust because leap and the net will appear, but not necessarily the first day or even the first six months. And, and, and then you can be in free fall for a really long time where you're like, is there a net? Is there a net? Is there a net? So that's kind of, you know, that was my lesson. And mm. that time ended very specifically in like one moment as well. And so there was also this understanding that look, spirit has my back all the time. And the money shift didn't happen until after that. And I don't know, for whatever reason, his and my energy was like intertwined with money in not a good way. And so we've both done better financially since we split up. But it was definitely this epiphany about money as well. And spirit always has my back. So there's that trust that I had in my personal life, I've also learned to have in my business. So it was like, that shift, that first shift was the life shift and then came the business shift and then came the money shift. So that's kind of how it's flowed for me. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. That's what um, a lot of people can feel is why they're starting a business in the first place is that they're being called for more. And I love what you just said in terms of you knew you were safe either way. You knew that, you know, you'd be just as okay with either option. It's just one felt more expansive. One felt more like you're going to play a bigger game. There's going to be a lot more unknown. There's going to be a lot more of trust, right? There's going to be a a lot more of, of, of guidance there, but you're fine either way, right? What, What advice would you have to someone who is putting themselves out there in a big way, but they're, they're holding themselves back because it is scary because there is less certainty. There is less, it feels less comfortable to the, to the ego or to our physical mind, right? 
what are some what are some tips you can recommend for someone who's in that scenario and they're like oh my god i just want to i want to give i want to make a big difference but that fear is sort of kicking in yeah so i like to say that there's two kinds of fear there's scary guy in dark alley fear and then there's this thing is bigger than i can imagine fear and the fear of the thing being bigger than i can imagine is the fear that is of anything outside of our comfort zone now we're hardwired to believe that anything outside of our comfort zone is not safe because originally it wasn't, right? Leave the cave, the saber-toothed tiger eats you. But in real life, in now modern times, we cannot be in fear and action at the same time unless we're running from the actual saber-toothed tiger. So the way to fix the fear is to get into action because once you get into action, you go, oh wait, there was no saber-toothed tiger in the first place. The fear simply dissipates. And what I like to tell people to start with first is to say, thank you for sharing to your brain. Because what we're doing most of the time is we're in resistance. We're telling the brain, shut up, shut up, don't talk to me, I, I, you know, go away, stop bothering me, shut up. That's what your brain hears all day long. And so your brain is like, please, I'm trying to protect you here. Don't leave the cave. But once your brain can get heard, it'll shut up. <laughs> which is what you want, right? So hear the brain, oh, thank you for sharing. And then go do the thing. Once you get into action, the fear will dissipate. And now the brain is like, oh, this is our current state. Okay, well, don't leave this cave, but you're okay here. And so we get the benefit of being at that next level. And, and again, I guess this is becoming a theme. We have the scaffolding building us up of who we, you know, who we become based on the layers of that person that came before. So if you're struggling with how do I do this with my business? How do I, you know, do the right thing? Trust your instincts. If I had a nickel for every client who was like, oh, I, I was going to do this, but then I did this. And then eventually comes back to the first thing because the first thing, the thing that we're going to do, that's the one that's key. Perfect. Well, that leads me to my next question because when someone trusts their instinct like i i think it's sort of just like following your highest calling it's sort of like following your, your highest excitement right and a lot of people know they know what they should be doing because it feels goddamn exciting like for example starting that that youtube channel starting that that facebook group or you know just doing whatever whatever it is that they're wanting to get their message out there or they want to paint you know all day because you just feel so in flow right and then they have this this logical thing that says oh but i can't make money doing that i can't uh you know it, this isn't this isn't going to pay the bills or what are my family going to think when they when they see this right so i'm keen to i'm keen to know when you took your leap and like you say you're going through this free fall of oh my god where's the trust where's this net you know what what happens here when did was there a moment when you started to say okay there is safety here. There is a net. This is starting to appear as, as, you know, as something that I can, I can visually represent or was it just an internal feeling that sort of took over there? It was very much an internal feeling. I, um, I had been in trust for about 10 months, the kind of trust where you're like, okay, I can't see the next step in front of me. I always tell clients like ask, if it's too big, you can't see the goal. You can't, it isn't a goal. It's bigger than that. It's a dream, right? So can you see every step of your dream? No, you cannot. So how do you deal with that? You take your next smallest step. 
Well, I couldn't see the next smallest step. I could barely see that there, you know, was a little bit of a step in front of me. And I was like, okay, we're putting our foot down anyway. And I would literally wake up every morning and I'd be like, okay, we still feel the same way. Yep. Want to make any changes? Nope. Okay. What do I do next? All right, go have breakfast. Like that was, it was that granular, right? So after about 10 months of this, I was, I was at Victoria Falls in um, Zimbabwe and I was sitting down in front of the falls and I asked spirit, okay, what do I need to know next? And I could feel, it was like, I could see these puzzle pieces falling into place over my head. Like, it was like they were just coming down through my brain. And when I got to the end of that, it was like, oh, oh, okay, that time is over. Okay, we can go forward now. We can like commit. So that was the biggest shift for me energetically was in that moment. And I tend to get, I don't get big signs like on a day-to-day -day basis, but when it comes to the big pieces of my life, the signs seem to be pretty big for me. Awesome. And was that next step towards the coaching? Was it towards the business or was it a different route? What was that, what was that next step when you started to realize, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm willing to commit? Well, it was, I had been living in Miami for, since that May. And this was like, I was in August, I was in Vic Falls. And by September, I had made the decision to leave the business, which meant breaking up with him business wise, not just personally, and then to start my own travel business and to start my own coaching practice. And I decided to wait on the spiritual travel business because I knew that that could come later. I didn't have any more trips scheduled for like a year, but I switched everything over to my new company. And at that point I started getting everything in place to take on my first clients. And then I think by January, I think I got my first two clients like New Year's Eve that year, uh, that next year. And then after that, I was pretty much off to the races with, awesome. with coaching. And that was like six years ago. So it's been a minute and it's grown exponentially year after year. And, but I didn't have like the, I, I didn't, I, I thought, oh, spirit will guide me with my business. And what I really feel like is, is your higher self, your soul piece of you, spirit, whatever you want to call that, it doesn't care what you do. It cares how you are. You know, it cares what you be. Because it wants us to live the very best lives that we can possibly be in, the lives that give us joy and happiness and peace. And so when you feel, like I talked to a client the other day, he said to me, yeah, well, before I became a realtor, I was this engineer and I would cry going to work every single day for 20 years, but I knew I had to feed my family. And now that I'm not a realtor, like I don't, now that I'm a realtor, I don't cry anymore because I love my work. And I was like, dude, 20 years, like daily crying over how much your job sucks that's the kind of thing where it's like, you're not listening, you know, Oprah says, listen to the whisper before it becomes a brick. That guy was driving to the work every day, like beating himself in the head with a brick, right? Don't do that. When it comes to your business or your personal life, 
know that the the feelings you're getting in your gut, that intention or that like mm, discomfort or that, aha, I should go do this. Those are the callings of your heart and the callings of your soul as well. Mm. And I love the question you asked for, of just asking and placing that intention of, what do I need to know next? What, what, yeah. insight, what, what insight do I need? What is, what's, my ne- what's my next step? What's my, my next aligned yeah. step? What do I need to do that feels expansive next? Like putting that intention out there, it might say like you go have breakfast, you know, <laughs> go, go eat something and take care of yourself. Or it might be, you know, tell this person you love them. It might be take this leap and, and trust, you know, it can be big or small from what our mind can see, but putting, placing that intention is is super key because it it opens the space for more guidance right it opens the space mm-hmm. you know i don't know all the answers right now let me open a space to receive something and i think that's a that's a true key piece so anyone listening write mm-hmm. that down because if you can if you can <laughs> that life, that'll be a game changer but i want to talk more more about your relationship with money as well because yeah it's one of the biggest topics that so many people come to me for and once they start having a different relationship with money and recognizing that it's energy, recognizing all these different shifts within it, there's such a big weight lifted. The fear is lifted, the scarcity is lifted, the lack is lifted and they're able to move forward with, with, you know, what they're here to do. So when was that shift for you? What did that look like? What did it feel like? when it, when it came to you and your relationship with money? It was, um, it was like, I would do these, I would do this type of work where I was like, let's shift this. I would do these programs or these experiments or these meditations. And, and it would be like, Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Back down to normal. Oh, I'm getting there. Okay. Back down to normal. And I got sick of that. And, um, this was about, you know, like four years ago, this is not, you know, not a long time ago at all. I also used to go around all the time and I was like, well, I have this money energy and my money energy is not good, but the rest of my energy is really great, but my money energy is not good. So I'm telling that story like over and over and over again. And I'd go to these healers and be like, tell me about my money energy. And they'd be like, well, there's nothing in the Akashic records or you're fine. Or, you know, it doesn't seem to be anything in the past life. And I'm like, well, I wonder why it's not working, but there's some reason it's not working. So what am I doing? I'm telling the story of how it's not working, like beating that drum so hard. So of course, is it working? No, it's not working. Cause that's what I'm telling the universe every single day. So finally I got sick of it. And I, I did what I call saturation bombing, which was, I hit it from like every angle possible. I did all the things all at the same time, not one thing, not two things, like all the things. So I'm doing money mantras and I'm doing walking guided meditations and I'm, you know, practically howling at the moon and I'm all about putting the energy in the right place because it's about alignment. It's about your energy's alignment and stuff finally started to shift. I also had this really big epiphany and this was part of what I added in was trusting the epiphany because, um, I always had great parking karma. Like I could find the last parking space on a snowy Christmas Eve in front of the mall. That's me. And so I, when I realized that there isn't money energy here and other energy over here, there's only like one set of energy and it's all just energy, right? Because I mean, what if we had for, 
money in the past. We've had salt and we've had tulip bulbs and we've had silk. And that was what at times was the, the currency, right? The paper money and the way that we deal with money these days is only a few hundred years old. So we, you know, the, the Templar Knights, don't get me started down this rabbit hole, but the Templar Knights created the first banking system so that people could have an exchange, the IOU could have a physical piece to go with it so that money could be lent in other countries. That's what created our modern banks, right? So we call money, money, but money's just energy and what we place on it, right? So when I realized that I could have the same money karma as I could parking karma, that was a big key for me. And then doing that on top of all the saturation bombing stuff, it really did start to shift. And the other piece that I added in that I'd never really done before was I started focusing on my numbers. Like I have literally over a year tracked every single penny that I put into my bank account. Not anything going out, just the stuff going in, tracking that. And when you add that up at the, you know, every month, you're like, oh, I made a lot of money. I made a lot more than I thought. Wow. This is so that's really important as well, because I think we tend to look at our bank accounts. I mean, I used to, you know, I used to have a bank account that was in the negative numbers a lot. And I would look at that bank account and feel terrible. So, if, you know, I had somebody, a client the other day said, well, from now on, when I look at my bank account, I'm going to be like, oh my God, there's so much room in here for expansion. This is amazing. And I was like, yeah, buddy, that's the way to go. So, yeah. so it's less about the, it's less about the figures in and of itself, but more about the feeling that you have when you look at it. Is that what you're saying? It has nothing, zero to do with the dollars in your bank account. Listen, um, you know, the jerk that just left our White House, sorry if anybody likes him, but the jerk that just left the White House is that guy where if he's got $8 million in his bank account, he's declaring bankruptcy, right? <laughs> How many of us would do that if we had $8 million in our bank account, right? It is all relative. And so we don't have, and by the way, he did do that multiple, multiple times, right? Have millions of dollars in his bank account and still declare bankruptcy. So it's a relative conversation and it's about how you feel about the energy that is more important than anything. If every time you looked at your bank account, you were like, I am so blessed. Oh, so grateful that all my bills are paid. So grateful that all my needs are met. So grateful about all the money coming from the invisible source of all things into my bank account. Woohoo! How much is that going to change you? As opposed to like, wah, wah, wah. Mm. I don't have a nickel, right? So that was my big lesson was stop talking about what's not working and start talking about what's working. And ultimately all of mindset coaching can be summed up in that one sentence. Mm. Don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive. If you will starve the negative energy, this is how I put it. This is the way that like it, but cause the light bulb to go on for me. If you will starve the negative energy and only feed the positive energy, that's where the shift comes in. Beautiful. Yeah. I've been studying as, as people in the serving circle know a lot of Wayne Dyer and just not only reading his content, but implementing it. And he's just so fixated on the, on the breakthrough that people have when they assume their wishes fulfilled. 
right? When they, when they assume the feeling of their wishes fulfilled of the wishes that they, that they want has already happened. And how many times do we hear that in personal development or spiritual texts or whatever? It's just this, it's like an underlying river of this theme that says, whatever it is you want, feel the feeling as if you had already achieved it and live from that place, regardless of what your eyes can see and what your hands can touch. Right. And so, like I said, it's got nothing to do with the dollar figure, but if you're grateful, even for the amount of room that your bank account now has to open up for more abundance and more finances, then that's what will carry you through. Not only, not only in terms of you're more aligned with spirit, but what I've found is that you're more resourceful when you're, when you're feeling that way, when you're feeling grateful, nothing's a problem. And there's just a thousand answers and no problems, you know, when you're truly moving from that place of gratitude. So that's, that is something that everyone can, can start implementing. What about, what about, what have you learned in your business journey? What are some tips that people can have if they're building a business from their heart's Mm. calling their highest excitement? What are some, what are some tips you've learned in your, your, uh, your time in terms of how to build a successful business that's aligned for someone and it allows them to go from what you call like struggle to flow. What would that Mm -hmm. be? What is that like? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the first thing is to choose something that you love. And then, you know, you were talking earlier about um, regardless of how something seems on the outside, everyone will tell you that it's not going to work. If you're young enough and dumb enough to not listen to them, good for you because that's how I, yeah, that's how I got started in my first business was everybody was like, you know, oh, okay, you're doing something that's never been done before, right? I was in digital media. Nobody could say, well, this is going to work. This isn't going to work. Nobody had ever done it before. So I had the ignorance is bliss experience with starting my first company. And I was a president of a company by the time I was 24. Uh, You know, Mark Zuckerberg beat me, but in my time of, you know, being in that age or whatever, which was, God, almost a generation prior to that, it wasn't being done. So, you know, you have to, like, you have to really go forward in your ignorance. And if you can't do that, because you're going into a business where everybody's failed, that you have this brilliant idea or whatever, I call it living on planet you. So I'll go live on planet Hallie, you go live on planet Tyson, your, your listeners need to go live on planet whatever their name is, because on that planet, you make the rules and you decide what's a success and you decide how life is going to be on that planet. And on your planet, when you show up and you know you're a success, it really helps mitigate when your husband's like, haven't you you know, get, just used up enough of our savings already? And could you please go get a regular job or whatever, right? So we have people in our lives who wanna support us, but they're scared. And, you know, the other thing that I learned um, over the course of time in my business is don't take advice from people about money who have less money than you. Don't take advice from people about business who have less business experience than you do, or certainly that don't have the amount of business experience. And like somebody who's been in business for like five years advising you on business, 
it's sometimes that's useful, but usually it's the person that's been in business for 20 years. that's going to really be able to give you, you know, more guidance about that. And your uncle Bill, who, you know, started a like business out of his freezer and gave it up after three days because it was too cold in there. He's not your business connection. Right. And you know, you're, drunk aunt Peggy or whatever, who's never been able to rub two nickels together as the expression goes, isn't the right person to give you money advice on savings or on, you know, where you're going to invest your money to start a business. What happens is we take advice from the wrong people and they let it lets them kill our dreams. And if you go live on your own planet, then it doesn't matter what they say. It becomes none of your business, which is where you really want to be. Um, so the other piece of advice that I give you, if you're starting a new business or, or you're in business for yourself, or really, if you're just any human being on the planet, the advice is it is cooperation and not competition. I can't tell you how many people are like, you know, well, there's too many, too much of this thing in the market. I can't do it. That's like, I'm sorry. Aren't, isn't there like a new actor? Well, not this year, but under normal circumstances, there's a new actor playing Juliet in Romeo and Juliet every like 15 seconds on the planet and has been for like 400 years. Still people doing it. Why? Why would they do that? Because everybody gets to be their own unique expression of God. That's why. And you are, you know, Tyson, you are, right? And I am. And so is everybody else, right? You're the most special creature that's ever been created. And so is everybody else. So if that's the case, your job is to be your expression. Um, in one of my retreats, I, I um, play the song Luck Be a Lady from Guys and Dolls. I play the Frank Sinatra version. I play the Ella Fitzgerald version. I play the, the Barbra Streisand version. I play the Lady Gaga version, which I got to hear in concert, my very own self. There, that song's been covered like 300 times I am not playing. Why do we need 300 versions of Luck Be a Lady? because everybody has their own interpretation of it. So there's plenty of room for everybody. I mean, I think there are the last call, there were like 6 million coaches on LinkedIn or something. And yet you're making a living. I'm making a living. We're making a good living. We're having a great time doing it. There's, you know, why is that? How, how many dentists are there in every single town? And yet they're all making plenty of money, right? So when we are in competition, we're, we're using that as a way to stay small. And when we are in cooperation, you and I, we're both coaches. Don't you transform lives? I know I do. Why are we even having this conversation? I should hate you and you should hate me. It's just idiotic. And so there's enough room for everybody and there's enough room for all that business to go around because we're in an unlimited universe. So when you live like that, it makes your business so much more fun, fun and, and expansive. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people can feel if it feels fun, you're on the right track. And if you're living on your own planet and you make up your own rules, you can make up the rules to be in your, in an abundant universe where there's so much that everyone can, everyone can take away. There's just an abundant uh, amount of clients for you and for everyone else. Everyone can co-create and collaborate like we do in the serving circle. So brilliantly. And, you know, some people don't live on that planet. Some people live in a planet of competition because that's what they choose to believe. But 
I love that saying, you, you can make up the rules. You can make up the rules and your rules are going to guide what you think, what you believe and how you feel. And I think that was true for me when I started my business. I didn't necessarily have people explaining to me that you can't do it. But I was ignorant, as ignorant as bliss, I was ignorant as to what went of the, the, the work and the sh internal shift that needed to happen for me to have a successful business. And I just, every single month, I'd be like, oh, I'm not making money a bit it doesn't matter because I'm going to make money in the next couple of months. And it was just like, I was almost just going on this, on this story that said, it's going to work. It, it can't not work. And I think yeah. that ignorance was just served me in a beautiful way. It gave me the, the patience. It gave me the, uh, you know, the ability to just continue to go with it. And even though what happened wasn't what my mind thought was going to be. And it took a lot longer than expected to start making consistent income. But <laughs> Me too. I just, I just <laughs> going. And I'm just like, there's, there's no other option for me. But that was my, right. that was my world, right? What, what, what comes to mind for you when, when you hear people on that journey? Well, I'm, I think you're absolutely right about what you said. You know, there's a whole coaching theory about like, have no plan B because then you're not giving yourself any room to fail. So I think that that's, you know, definitely, I mean, I had a plan B and yet I was like, I want that plan B. Like I want, you know, to go like scrape salt into wounds. So I wanted very much for my plan A to succeed. And I was like, and if I just keep going and just keep going. But I remember I was about two and a half years in and I had a really big lull in my, this was right before the money shift happened. I had a big lull in my, um, coaching practice. And I was on the phone with somebody kind of lamenting. And I think she'd been in business for about five or six years. And I said, well, <laughs> sorry. I said, well, what do I do with the, um, with this lull? I'm, you know, am I in the right business or not? She said, well, how long have you been doing this? Two and a half years. And she said, just keep going. And that was such great advice because by the time I hit my third year, all of a sudden it was like, the trajectory because of, you know, doing the money shift and doing all of that stuff at the same time. But, you know, we, we see all the time people are like an overnight success, but when you look back, they have 10 or 20 or more years of energy and effort that caused them to hit that mass momentum where they suddenly aren't an outlier anymore. And now it's really, you've, you've got the momentum of the, of, of the business having lifted you up over the hump. So I think that's really, really important. And um, we have to, again, when, when, when you say to your fear, thank you for sharing, and then you just move on through that into action. So many of us, we do the wrong things. Like you probably would have been successful sooner. I would have been successful sooner if we did the right things for our business. But you found her around for a while, right? I went through, I don't know, three accountants or something before I found the right person. And that meant I was doing my books. Is that a good use of my time? Not so much. So you also have to like figure out what your superpowers are and just do that and give as much of the rest of it away as possible. Now, I, I couldn't do that for the first couple of years, but once I started on my trajectory, I was already like, even when I didn't have a lot of money, I was hiring that VA. I was taking as many of the tasks off of my lap as I possibly could. 
And until then, you know, I had somebody, a client the other day was like, I'm so frustrated. And I was like, well, look, just make a list. There will be a day if you set your intention now, if you see it already done, visualize the day when this is going to be different, make that list of first I'm hiring the VA and then I'm hiring the graphics designer and then I'm getting my social media person or whatever it is, right? And that will set the intention for you and there will be relief because you'll be like, I can plan for this and I can make this happen. And then you start to feel like you're taking back that control because I mean, I know what it's like to be a solopreneur. I have a team of like, I don't know, eight or nine people now. I have two coaches who work under me. I've already in my mind hired the next coach. She just hasn't come on board yet, but you know, we've, I've, I've already interviewed her. And so there's this process that has to happen in order to facilitate that growth you're not just going to wait until the last minute and like let everything be flung, you know, be flung on to you. So you have to just, you know, plan for it. And as you plan for it, it can be like, oh, I'm so looking forward to when I have that. I see that happening. And now we're, we're adding that energy to it. And Tyson, I want to say one other thing about what you were saying before about really feeling the visualization as you're manifesting things. I'm a thinker first and a feeler second. And I know there are people who are empaths who are exactly the reverse. But for those of you out there who are thinkers, it is not enough to see a picture of the beach house or the you know, fabulous multi-million dollar home or the fabulous car you want or the great vacation you're taking your family on or whatever it is that's your big why for making all that money. It is not enough to see it. It is not enough to see the pictures. You want to see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it, live inside of that. That's why I'm saying like, go to your planet and where and experience it. Live as if you had the thing that you desire already. Because when you do that, when you embody it and embody, what's the word there? Body, because it's your body that is the feeling uh, structure. Whereas your brain is the thinking structure, right? So you want to embody the thing because now, oh my gosh, I really feel this happening. That's what teaches your mind that it's already happened, which is what makes it a safe place for your mind, which is what allows it to actually take place. Mm. So I'm glad I remembered to say that. I think that's so important. Yeah. People can start implementing this right now. I like to have as the intention to live it so much now that it almost is, is, is like, I don't even want the, th the thing because the thing is what I wanted because of the feeling I thought it would bring. And so if yes. I can access the feeling now, if I'm living that way, if I'm living from that place with the feeling that I, my mind thought the external thing would bring me want almost goes away. And then you just do, because you're already feeling it, you just do what's most exciting anyway, what's most aligned with it. And therefore you can feel it regardless of what happens externally. Right. I think that's a really cool space. I know a lot of um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. It's really just having that, that feeling and accessing that feeling before you do anything else so that you can live from that place. And when you live from that place, it's almost like you don't even need that external thing, that relationship or the money or the successful business or the TikTok, Instagram followers, whatever, whatever it is that your mind wants. 
And the more you live from that place, the more you feel guided, the more you feel like high level opportunities come your way and just answers start flowing because you're in that, in that space of, of receiving and just being in the space of what you described before as gratitude. So I mm-hmm. love that. And everything you're talking Me about too. is super, super important. So is there anything else before we finish up, anything that you can touch on or any more, any more tips or anything that can come uh, the way of this conversation that would make it feel complete for you? Yeah. Um, one thing that's coming up right now, there's a lot of people who have both fear of failure and fear of success. I was working with a woman for the first time today. And that was what I said, do you have fear of failure, fear of success or both? And she was like, oh, this sounds crazy, but I have both. And the truth is that many, many, many people, at least a third and maybe half of the people who have one have the other. And whatever that driving motivation is of fear of failure, fear of success, having both can put you in stasis. Like I can't go left and I can't go right. So let me just stay right here. So again, it's getting into action because action kills fear that will really help that. And, you know, if you take anything away from this conversation that Tyson and I are having today, take away that when we desire something, we also have the lack of that at the same time. I call this the desire snag. So um, Tyson, you were saying earlier, like if you get into the feeling of it, that you don't actually even want the thing anymore that's why it can come to you then. Irony of irony is when you don't want it, there it can be. Because we no longer are feeling the lack of it. We're actually feeling the having of it, right? But the desire snag, when we say, I want that money or I need those clients, we are saying, and I don't have them right now. So that also keeps you in stasis where you aren't going left and you aren't going right because you're telling yourself the story of, I, I, I want this. I'm so excited about this, ha- this happening. I don't have this. And so the universe is like, can't figure it out. We'll just stay right here and not do anything. And so when you go, when you lean more toward, I have it, I have it, I have it, I have it. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. Now you've starved the other piece of it. You've turned toward the thing that you desire as if you already had it. That's why it works. Okay. That's what I wanted to share. Beautiful. My, like my heart's excited just even when you're explaining it, because it, it's just so true. It's like when you're in the feeling of having of it, you're now safe to receive it. Mm. And whether that's the relationship, the income, the business success, the growing community that you want to build, whatever it is, the having of it. And it just gives you this safe space to receive it because it's almost like the universal lesson is like, I'm now safe to receive it because I know who and what I am is so much bigger than that thing. If the universe isn't really teaching you who and what you are, if you feel like I am better off with that external thing, right? Because then once you get it, you're attached to it. But I think a lot of us are at the level of consciousness now where if we are in the feeling of it, if we are in gratitude, if we're living from that place of unconditional love, we are safe to receive because we know who and what we are is so much bigger than anything that can happen around us. And so I think it's a, a subtle reminder, not only to feel that, but to also receive that universal lesson that we're all learning 
along the way. That's beautiful. Yes, we are all works in progress, are we not? Absolutely, and it's it's not going to end. Like I said, if, if you're never yeah. if you're never going to die, it's you never get it's never going to end. You're just going to consistently evolve, consistently progress, consistently on the extension process, and uh, and that's what I that's what I love thinking about and love talking about. But man, Hallie, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love your story. I love what you're doing for the world. Thank you so much for following your heart and following your guidance. Where can people find out more about you and how to work with you and everything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, HallieEvelyn.com. So my main website and um, we always have a wonderful freebie out for people right now. It's called three keys to slay your inner critic. So people can get that for free. Um, you can certainly follow me on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, LinkedIn. Love to make all those connections all the time. And there you go. Awesome. Man, can't wait for people to hear this. I can't wait to listen back to it because <laughs> it's just so many gold nuggets in here. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being on here. Can't wait for people to hear about it. Oh, thank you so much, Tyson. I love the work that you're doing in the world. Keep it up. Will do. Will do. Only because you said it, though. <laughs> Thanks so Blessings. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.